0: You have two college girls that just lost their mama. They hit the flask. They go to the reception after the funeral. And then one of them finds out that, hey, uh, we're losing our mom's house. And so instead of going to college, I'm expected to stay here. Now she goes out to a bar. She gets some free drinks. tries to get a free cigarette. Gets a free cigarette. And then ends up having to murder the person that gave it to her because he sucked. Hello everyone and thank you for listening to Amigas, the movie reviews podcast where we ask that fundamental question that so many others leave out, do I give a shit?
1: Do I really give a
0: shit? Do I really give a shit about these people? Do I really give a shit about this story? Do I really give a shit about what's happening to them? Today we're going to talk about the 2019 film, Blow the Man Down. This is probably one of the best movies on this list so far this year. So if you've stuck with our season up until now, we just want to say thanks And also, we hope you enjoyed this film. So, Blow the Man Down starts out in a very Irish way. It starts out with two girls passing a flask back and forth on the seashore before they put it away and they go inside to a funeral event. And as they're going inside of this funeral event and everything is getting started and they're seeing their kinfolk and friends of the deceased, meanwhile across town we see a scene going on. We see... An episode happening where a car pulls up in front of a nice house in the snow and it stops. Suddenly, the passenger hops out. It's a girl and she runs across the lawn. Like
1: literally booking
0: it. Just booking it. She runs across the lawn saying, fuck you. Get away from me. You're not getting money back. Bitch, you're not getting your money back. And then the driver gets out. and He starts chasing her. And it's this big ass scene. Which is relatively in the middle of nowhere. You know, no one's really seeing this except for the camera angle shows us. The person that is upstairs in this two-story mansion looking down on all this, observing it all. And she doesn't seem too happy, does she?
1: No, she looks actually downright
0: pissed. She looks downright pissed and she's observing this whole thing. And as she's sitting there getting mad at this drama going on in her front lawn, the camera cuts back to...
1: The funeral part. The viewing, not the been.
0: viewing, but the the reception. Yeah, the reception. After we care. see the, the, yes, the event that happens after a funeral where everyone comes over to the house, usually bringing casserole, and they bring a bunch of foods you don't want to eat. And they talk about how much they like that person and try to make you feel better, even though it's probably the last thing you want to think about. This thing we all do in the South where everyone comes over when someone dies and brings you a bunch of food that you're not really into, they do that in the North also because this movie is set in Maine. And as all that's going on, all this awkward stuff, we completely and totally understand why these two teenage girls were standing out by the lake hitting the sauce from a flask because they had to prepare themselves for this shit right here.
1: Yeah, it's their mother's funeral. That's
0: exactly what I was gonna say. Not only is it a funeral, it's not just some uncle or something like that. It's their mama's funeral that they've just been to so not only did they need a shot to go in and deal with all this social bullshit they needed it to keep going at all in life and definitely through this day after just burying their mother
1: we also start meeting certain characters of the town too throughout this because apparently their mother was really
0: she was somebody in this place oh yeah oh She, she owned,
1: was, I believe, a small store. She owned a, a fish market. She yeah. owned
0: a place, in, and this is a fishing town. We She owned a fish market in a place that revolves around fish for their local economy. And her whole thing was she sold the carved-up, fresh-caught fish of the day to the local townspeople because, let's face it, you don't want to have a fishing industry in your town if you can't sample some of the wares and some of the benefits of that industry.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and also during this proceedings as well, we get a initial character take on both of the sisters, don't we?
0: Oh yeah, most definitely. We see them doing the same thing for the last time when they're hitting that flask together. And as soon as they go in, they pretty much part ways and take on different roles of how to handle this drama that life has given them. Because one of them... Priscilla is running around and she's trying to make sure everybody's good and everybody's all set. And the other one, what's her name? Mary Beth is just trying to get through this fuck shit that life has dropped on her. And then go on her merry way. And go on her merry way, no pun intended. So she's just trying to carry on her merry way through this damn event so she can get to her plans in life, which are to move out of the town when one of her mother's And go to college. And go to college. And she's got this certainly in the medium part, if not the forefront of her mind where it's crept up from the back as she's getting through this post-funeral celebration, when one of her mother's friends comes up to her and says, Hey, Marybeth, I hear that you're not going to college, but that's okay. A lot of things happen when someone dies, and I just want you to know you're doing the right thing. It's okay because family... And then she blesses her heart and is like, Family is the most important Important thing in life." life. By the way, just so everyone knows, family is very important. But it's not the most important thing No, because thing
1: sometimes in life. the m- most toxicity comes from other family members. Oh, right.
0: But you don't even know what someone's family is like. Like 90% of the time when people say that dumb shit, it just sounds like a neat thing to repost on Facebook when they're recovering from a drug addiction or talking to a stranger or some shit like that. But the most important thing in life isn't family, although it's close because the most important thing in life does start with an F. The most important thing in life is freedom. Oh, yeah. And it's definitely the most important thing in life to Mary Beth, which is why she was trying to get the fuck out of this town.
1: She didn't want nothing to do with the small town anymore. Nothing
0: to do with this shit. She wanted to get the fuck on, y'all, and have her freedom, which is what college was a means to an end to the vehicle for. And she finds out from a fucking family friend that's not supposed to know anything about her personal life let alone some shit she doesn't know she has one of her mom's friends walk up to her at the funeral at this event she's just kind of hyper focused on the fact that hey I just have to get through today I just have to make it through this and then I'm, I'm going to be free. then I'm, I'm scot free I'm on I'm out of here this is over y'all and as she's focused on that and just trying to move through this obligatory social thing she has to go through suddenly One of the NPCs, so to speak, from this event that she doesn't want to be at, wanders up to her and says, Hey, I hear you're losing the house and that you're not going to be able to go to college, but don't worry. You're doing the right thing by staying Staying here and helping out your family. Mm -hmm. She thinks she's almost done with these obligations, and little does she know, these obligations have just ruined all of her plans.
1: Like, blindsided her, really?
0: Blindsided her completely. So, like a good Irish person that she is, instead of, you know, going out to the trunk and opening it up, pulling out a machine gun, coming inside and killing everyone and then herself, she pours a drink. She pours a nice, thick, fucking four-finger drink and is, the next thing we see is her sitting in the dining room of the post-funeral uh, yeah, event. In,
1: in her house.
0: In her house. And it's her house, right? You yeah. Know, but everyone else is there and... Something you wouldn't normally do when everyone else is there that we see her doing now is putting her fucking feet up on the dining room table while she is knocking it back and pouring that sauce on hard. She's tying one on, basically. Like, if drunkenness was a shoe, she has already crossed the rabbits and getting ready to run around the tree at the moment we yeah, see her next yeah. after finding out that her cop from a person that isn't supposed to know anything about nope. that she finds out that her college plans have been canceled
1: her sister priscilla actually walks in on her yeah that's while that's this the, going on exactly
0: that's the next thing we see is she's sitting there with her feet up on the table she's knocking back some whiskey i assumed it was jameson but it's whiskey it's dark liquor she's sitting there pouring it back and her sister comes in and sees her. In a state doing a thing that's really out of the expectations of her in this situation. Before she can ever even say, bitch, what the fuck is your problem? Why didn't you tell me we were losing the house? Mary Beth says, why didn't you tell me that we were losing the house? Why the fuck did I have to find out? from one of our dad mom's friends that this is going on and the implication there is ps how the fuck did they know when I should have known long before they did damn it next thing that happens is they have a fight and to be expected they have a fight and you know, Mary Beth storms out after telling her, look, bitch, I am just done. I'm sorry. that I'm you- leaving. I'm gone. I'm leaving. I'm gone. Like, I'm sorry that you feel all this connection to this place and all these obligations to dead people's baggage that are going to keep you here trying to save the house or the business or whatever in the fuck you think you're going to do. But I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm not going to do this. Sorry, Priscilla fucking PSP's. And she leaves. The next thing we see is she is, unsurprisingly, at a bar. At a bar. She's at the local bar. And keep in mind, this girl is like 17 or 18 or just, just barely college age, right? So she's not old enough to drink, you know. But she's at a bar. And we see her hitting up the bartender saying, Hey, uh, how about this many fingers? Like, as a matter of fact, why don't you just pretend that that's devil? Like, pour me up something, dude. Like, help me out here. Yeah. And he's all like, Girl, you, have been paid you me owe from me from the, from the last time. time. You owe me from the last time. What you talking? Girl, you tripping. And she's like,
1: Are you going to really do this to me on the day of my mom's
0: funeral? Yeah. She's like, I'm not tripping. You're tripping. My mama just died, motherfucker. And he's like, oh shit, here's your drink. Like, um, it's like it was
1: a joke. It was a joke. Here. here yeah. You go. He pretends
0: like it was a joke. He was totally serious. Oh, yeah. But, you know, yeah.
1: You can tell by the voice that he was not joking.
0: No, he wasn't joking at all. He was trying to get that money like a true Irish person. He was trying to get some debt that he was owed. And then all of a sudden he realized that the person he was trying to collect a debt from was having to pay one to life. That wasn't fair at all. And then like a good Irish person, he said, Ah, fuck, I'm going to just go ahead and extend their credit a little bit and just let that shit go.
1: At least for today.
0: At least for today. So she's sitting there with her whiskey that she just gets from the bartender, and she looks around and thinks to herself, fuck, I really want a damn cigarette.
1: Don't forget, she grew up there, so she should know pretty much the in and outs at this point of that bar, especially presumably that she has a tab at this bar.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, she's underage and has a tab at this bar, so you get a little clue very early on how things work in this world. And speaking of this world, it's one of those terrible, awful, evil, unregulated places where horrific things like people smoking at a bar happen. So she looks around the bar and she sees, hey, that dude's got a cigarette and I think I'm going to go over there and push up on him. And that's exactly what she does. She just goes over and basically tells him, hey, guess what? You're going to give me a cigarette. And then she takes one out of his pack and he just kind of looks at her like, Well, damn, bitch. Like, I guess it's like that then. Fuck, I guess I'm being taken in by you tonight. You know, at first we think, okay, this is a cool guy that knows what's up and he's fine and whatever. And unsurprisingly, she leaves the bar with him shortly afterwards and... Drives his car. Drives his car. Even though she's never driven a car, he just tosses her the keys and he's like, hey... Why don't you drive the car? And keep in mind, this is after they've had a little conversation. About
1: winning him winning the lottery. About him
0: winning the lottery because she's all like,
1: I'm leaving this town.
0: I'm leaving this town. What the fuck brings you to this town? And he's like, what do you mean you're leaving this town? You're not possibly from here, are you? That's why you're leaving, right? And she's like, I was born and raised here. What the fuck is your excuse? And he goes, basically a bunch of bad decisions. But the good news is, I just won the lottery and I'm getting the fuck out of here. And she's like, that's what's up. I'm leaving tomorrow too. So what's good? And he's like, Hey, we should have a little going away party for both of us. And then he tosses her the keys to his car. And is like, let's go. Let's drive. Let's, let's roll. And she's never driven a car before. And that's revealed to us at some point, but she's had enough of that liquid courage that it doesn't really matter. So she hops in they're driving around and everything is good for a very short little minute in the beginning of this movie. We really everything is fine. We oh, yeah. think that our poor grieving Irish girl has just found someone to blow off all that steam with and that everything is going to be fine.
1: While she's driving around with this dude we get a picture of her sister Priscilla. She's still at home. She cooks a dinner which is non-surprising a fish.
0: The alcoholic contrasted with the workaholic instead yeah. of pouring on the Jameson she's at home trying to be righteous and sensible and doing good things that her mother would want her to do like cooking up some of the family product and having a good sensible dinner and then going to bed after washing the plates
1: yeah and of course we get to meet Enid
0: oh yes because she drops off flowers while her sister is at home giving her version of coping and cooking the fish and washing the plates and then going to bed there's a knock at the door and we see this lady who looks just like she's a peer of the same close friends of her that her mother that is that were around and telling about her and everything that was going on we see this lady who was strangely absent from the funeral and she says okay great here's this expensive bouquet i brought you sorry about your mom and then kind of walks off nonchalantly and priscilla's trying to be all polite and shit and she's like hey man thank you so much these are really beautiful and this chick enid that is you know her mom's friend is like Oh yeah, no, you're welcome. Trust me, they weren't cheap. They should be beautiful. Damn it. Like, yeah, like and rude, not rude, only that, rude, but, you know, but we get a side profile there. of
1: the of the lady too, which turns out to be the same lady. That the we...
0: same lady that was looking out the window mm-hmm. at the drama going on yep. on the lawn at the same time as the funeral. So after Priscilla meets Enid, we cut back over to what's going on with. Mary Beth and her new friend from the bar. And as they're driving down the road, even though it's Mary Beth's first time driving, they're driving down the road and she's doing pretty good. And they're having their going away party for themselves, or at least they're on the way to it. And her little guest, her little male friend with the cigarette pack, decides to ramp the party up another notch, or so we think, as he opens the glove box, pulls out a vial of cocaine and takes a big ol' whiff himself and throws it back in there without ever offering to share.
1: Which is really, really
0: rude, by the way. Fucking rude as shit. Someone just died. What a son of a bitch. That was the minute that I stopped liking him.
1: Not only that, but, I mean, even if you didn't do it, at least offer. You're
0: supposed to offer. Don't be a dick. Especially if you have party favors, come on, offer. It'll be hospitality. Give some hospitality. Like, seriously, if I'm sitting in a nursing home, next to a person with an iron lung and i pull out a cigarette and light it up i'm still gonna offer that person next to me one even if they don't necessarily want it and in this case you're talking about a girl that's getting ready to go to college what kind of college girl doesn't want to hit some coke i mean i'm just saying anyway so that's the first moment at which things get weird in their little and
1: she can tell and
0: she can can tell tell because not only does he not offer it to her she notices there's a gun in his oh, glove yeah. box and it's a handgun and a really, you know, short barreled self-defense slash assassination type of handgun. What the fuck does he need to defend himself from on a fucking fishing boat? You're supposed to trust your bros that you're pulling in the product with. What or, do you need a piece?
1: sizing or anything like that. But it, right. Why, but why these do you are need people, a piece?
0: Why do you need a piece? So she's a very smart girl even with a few drinks in her and she sees the gun and she notices the fact that he doesn't offer her any and she she starts to get sketched. Yeah, she starts to get sketched. At this point, he starts feeling her up. And just before that, she says, hey, look, I think I want to go home. And he totally fucking ignores her and says nothing. And he just starts trying to, like, grab her and feel her up and shit like that. So basically, this little scene they're having goes from zero to 100 real, real fucking fast. Especially so, when they crash. Yeah, because as soon as he starts touching her and shit, she loses control of the car. And she drives it into a couple of little plastic fence posts. and kind of nicks it up. And then she runs into a giant fuck sign that was out front of a paint store or something
1: yeah like a big giant person sign type which thing. breaks in
0: half and part of it falls on the car so much for her first driving lesson turns out her instructor was a total fucking weirdo and, and a then creep.
1: the instructor says okay we need to skip let's go yeah, back to my need-
0: place yeah this is a very gangster driving instructor he's like okay you just had your first accident it's time to flee the scene before anything bad happens she doesn't even want to be with this motherfucker anymore but she's just trying to get out of this this bad turn she took with her night as quickly as possible. So what seemed like a good idea at the time was to take him home. And she does that. She takes him home back to his place and she gets out of the car and she's like "They start praying checking in herself out. that he'll just fucking go in and go to bed and fuck off but that's not what happens no at all, is no
1: it? no he starts checking out the car for damages and of course yeah. it's it's
0: ruined yeah it's fucked up like at, it's pretty bad and so as soon as he's done checking out the car and kind of guilting her and, and popping the a little hood
1: bit, but accidentally also pops the trunk which she goes and walks
0: around to the back of the car and she happens to peek in the trunk just like she was peeking at the glove box and she notices there is blood and hair like clumps clumps of hair like you just took a dead body out of there and didn't spray it out with the hose like good fellas but whatever she thought she was going to see it could have only been worse if the dead body was still in there because this trunk looks like there used to be one just before oh, he went to the bar yeah so she starts backing the fuck off out of self-preservation her flight or fight kicks in and she starts choosing the former and tries like, to get it, the fuck on and she starts backing up but he's all in evil bad guy on coke mode and he's coming up to her and slamming looking, the trunk closed and slamming the trunk closed and being all like what what's your problem what did you see what do you think's going on ha 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 and he's like coming at her and and she's like
1: I just want to go home I I just just want to go go home.
0: home we can just walk away right now you can just fuck off but unfortunately he doesn't fuck off he starts advancing on her even though she's clearly saying stay away from me so she starts running away from him towards the nearest thing around her which is the docks next to this guy's little shack or place that he lives at okay so she runs towards the docks and she's trying to hide next to some crates And he is coming over at her in full-on fucking psycho mode. Like, Like, even as the audience at this point, you're scared for her.
1: Yeah, it's like a situation where no woman wants to be in, let alone a young woman such as
0: her. I really give her credit because you watch so many movies that involve something bad happening to a vulnerable person, usually a young woman, and you just sit there and watch it and you try to feel bad for the victim and you can't help but think to yourself, bitch, you should have seen that coming damn do you like are you just a fucking flower child and you think everybody's all love and light and that bullshit like everyone's not but most people are not fucking like that no they are this girl this girl is under no illusions whatsoever the minute she senses something is off about this guy she starts trying to get away and then even though that ends up resulting in a car accident and it ends up getting them together for longer than she wanted to be the minute she senses something else is even worse about him she doesn't ignore that sign either and she tries to get away and he chases her he chases her down and she hides and we see this guy go from being sort of just not really interested in anybody but his own little world and things that are going on to being a full on fucking predator And as she's trying to run away and hide... And a
1: psycho predator at that, And a psycho
0: predator at that. Not some kind of benevolent good guy predator, but a fucking psycho predator. And she's trying to hide, and he is in full-on hunt mode, and she doesn't miss that either. He's walking over on this dock where she's hiding behind these crates, and he's saying things like, Come on! Just come out. I thought we were having fun. I thought we were having fun. Everything is good. It'll be just fine. And the next thing we know after that, he finds her and he starts going in for the kill. But before he can do that, she stabs him in the fucking neck with a fish harpoon. Ow. And he starts going.
1: Yeah, it's a very. And he
0: falls the fuck down and starts gyrating.
1: Let's just put it this way. It's a very gruesome way to go if you actually think about it.
0: It's a stereotype among guys that anybody that has Beth in their name is usually a bitch. I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know this. Mary Beth, that bitch does not fuck around when she thinks she's in danger. She took action, goddammit. She didn't just wait for herself to get killed and raped. She did something about it. She did something preemptively. And it involved forking this motherfucker in the neck with a fish harpoon. Mm -hmm. So as soon as he goes down, and he's like laying out in the fucking floor of the dock going... Dying. Dying. She's kind of looking on from a distance and thinking to herself, you know.
1: Maybe I should go ahead and call the cops. and Maybe get- I
0: should and just tell them what happens. And she's looking on and you can see the terror in her face. And she's thinking to herself, hey, this is not just a flesh wound. This is probably not going to heal up okay. This is permanent. And as she's going just a little bit closer on her tiptoes to get a better look of just how serious it is. Fucking grabs her legs like an evil demon under the bed and starts trying to pull her closer and he makes her trip and she falls down and he's trying to pull her over in his primal way to just... Get it, this girl. And guess what? She doesn't let us down a bit. She picks up a brick and bashes his fucking skull in. Yep, she was not playing around. One of my ultimate morals and ultimate pieces of advice about life is don't underestimate people. It doesn't matter if you think they're weaker than you or they're the weaker sex or they're a low-key person or they're too quiet or whatever. Don't fucking underestimate people and definitely don't Fuck with people that you've underestimated, or you might just end up with a harpoon in your neck and your fucking skull bastion because you deserved it. And that's definitely the case with this son of a bitch that Mary Beth fucking murks because he wouldn't fuck off.
1: I mean, seriously, you don't know what anyone is capable of backed up into a corner.
0: But this motherfucker sure found out. So after he's dead, the next thing we see is the sister, Priscilla, laying in her bed after doing her normal, sensible responsible sister thing of having dinner and cleaning up the house and putting away all the things from the post-funeral celebration and crawling into bed and she hasn't been in bed too long before we see her bedroom door open and in walks her sister covered in blood from the docks but it's not fish blood nope and she is startled awake by this too she is startled awake and Mary Beth tells her what happened and Priscilla is just in shock she's like okay well First things first, get that fucking blood off of you. You need a shower. You need a shower. Go take a shower. Go get that off of you. Go get right and then we'll talk about what we're going to do after that. And as soon as Mary Beth is out of the room and Priscilla's by herself, we see her having second thoughts or maybe first thoughts about what to do in this situation. She's thinking to herself very clearly.
1: I need to call the cops.
0: I need to call the cops or at least she's thinking to herself should I call the cops because we see her staring at the landline phone that has those little buttons on it where you can have pre-programmed numbers in to speed dial somebody and the last one of course is the police and she sits there and she stares at that police button and she stares and she talks a little bit to Mary Beth and she asks her questions like are you sure you had to kill him is this what you had to do is this really what was going on and she's like fucking yeah and
1: I shouldn't have hit him with the brick though and Priscilla goes well you said you stabbed him with a harpoon yeah he
0: said he stabbed him with a harpoon and she's thinking to herself at that point was this a self-defense or was this a first-degree murder i don't know and she's rolling those two possibilities back and forth in her head while she's staring at that speed dial button for the police and then she caves to pressure and she hits that button and then we hear a ringing sound and the next thing that happens is the dispatcher receptionist lady comes on the line from the police station and she says police how can i help you And Priscilla does the right thing and hangs Hangs the fuck up up immediately. She hangs up. She realizes, I can't be going this route right now. I've got a much deeper loyalty. And as soon as Mary Beth gets out of the shower, she's like, okay, get dressed. We have work to do. Mary Beth gets dressed. They hop in the truck. They grab their fillet knives and they go right back to the dead body. They carve this motherfucker up.
1: After finding out that he doesn't fit in the container that they have. Oh, yeah. It's not the an freezer. easy... freezer.
0: It's not an easy task to put this son of a bitch in the giant fish cooler that they have because he's a big guy. And this is a much bigger animal than they've ever put into this container before. So... They find out little things like you have to go around the joints with the sinew and cut it up. And there's a lot of good dialogue in these upcoming scenes. Oh, yeah. Where Priscilla basically tells Mary Beth, I need you to buck the fuck up. We've got a job to do now. We're in this together. You need to help me get that piece of meat in this container so we can pitch it into the fucking ocean and go home and pretend like this never happened. And she does. She does. You know, we won't spoil it for you. It's definitely worth catching for yourself fresh if you've not seen this movie before listening to this episode. But Priscilla knows exactly what to say about food to help Mary Beth get in the zone to finish the job and get this mm-hmm. piece of meat. Into the cooler and out into the ocean
1: After that we then cut to the morning We see three ladies walking down the road And these are the same three ladies that That were were At
0: the funeral celebration Yes,
1: Uh, They are Susie, Gail And Doreen
0: These are the three good friends of Mary Beth and Priscilla's Deceased mother One of the ones was the one that told her Hey sorry I hear you're missing college Mary Beth Mm
1: -hmm. Yes now we see them walking up They Just
0: walking down the road in the town Morning
1: exercises they're old
0: Right. I mean, Probably on a Sunday. I got the impression it was a Sunday.
1: Yeah, it looked like a Sunday, too. It felt like a Sunday. And, of course, they're saying hi to the police that are inspecting the scene of the
0: accident where the car crashed into the building thing. Yeah, Barney, Fife, and Andy are standing there looking at this broken sign and talking to each other and saying, You know, I believe somebody drove off from here last night after the crashed.
1: Further up the road as they're walking, we get introduced to a lady in skimpy clothing about Priscilla and Mary Beth's age.
0: Yeah, a uh, lady in skimpy clothing about the same age as our main protagonist who are young and she's not just in skimpy clothing in sunny Florida she's in skimpy clothing in the middle of winter in Maine wearing fishnets and shorts and it's a little out of place
1: and I believe their faces say it all
0: Oh, yeah, this fact is not lost on our three wonderful old ladies of this, you know, upstanding fishing village in Maine whatsoever. They notice what this scantily clad lady is wearing. And they know what she's
1: doing. You can and tell they know by what she's face. doing
0: because not only can you see it in their face, they say to each other, Gee, do you think she just came from church? She, she did not just come from church and if she did that's a very interesting church uh yeah you should tell me where it is just so I can like never go there and tell everyone else not to
1: I think we should stop there because anything else will probably give everything away
0: yeah it pretty much will we're going to tell you a little bit about what this movie is about as we answer these questions about the movie but that's pretty much your opener that's pretty much your here's what's going on and here's what happens in the beginning and this is your wind up in the pitch for the whole story you have two college girls that just lost their mama they hit the flask they go to the reception after the funeral and then one of them finds out that hey uh, we're losing our mom's house and so instead of going to college I'm expected to stay here now she goes out to a bar she gets some free drinks tries to get a free cigarette gets a free cigarette and then ends up having to murder the person that gave it to her because he sucked and she goes home to her sister and says hey um i just sort of murdered somebody but they had it coming can you help me out and that's pretty much the intro summary of blow the man down
1: which is really really odd because of the sea shanties that are presented throughout
0: this too i was worried that this movie might be a fucking musical but thankfully it was not it's just a movie that had a little bit of music into it and we'll get more into that in just a second so danny what do you think the genre that best describes this movie is dark comedy this movie is definitely a dark comedy it's basically a drama that's so intense that it's hard not to laugh at but at the same time you're not supposed to laugh at it which makes it all the more funny kind of like when someone falls down at a funeral
1: yeah it's funny because of the scenarios but at the same time it's not funny because of the scenarios
0: So one of the other questions that we always ask is, do I care about these people? Let's talk about that in this story, Danny. Do I care about these people? Did you care about these people?
1: Yeah, especially... Me too.
0: Even before the murder. I cared about these people before I even cared about what was happening to them. Like, I cared about them so much... I would have watched this whole movie even if it was just bullshit because I liked them. And not
1: only that, but you're introduced to the characters and the oh, town yeah. and everything in a way in a way that actually makes Peaks you want to know interest. more.
0: Because you find yourself thinking, oh, what do these people have to do with it? Like, what are they going to be a part of? What's going to happen with these crazy ladies? And little did I know, it was going to be even more than I even expected.
1: Exactly.
0: So, our next question, of course, is do I care about what's happening to them?
1: Yeah, it's a small town. How could you
0: not, dude?
1: It's a small town first. Second off, it's somewhere in the middle of Maine.
0: Yeah, so it's somewhere I've never been before, and it's somewhere that's interesting, and not only that, but when you ask, well, do I care about what's happening to these people, if you're a human being that's not a pacifist or some other kind of ignorant piece of shit, then how could you not care about somebody that just had to defend their own life from an attacker?
1: Yeah, that's another thing, too.
0: I don't know of a better situation in which you could have given me more ability to relate to a character than, hey, someone... That was trying to kill her, was trying to kill her, and then she killed him. And now it's weird, and she's got to figure that out. What would you do if someone was trying to kill you?
1: I would kill them before they kill me. I mean, it's self defense. I mean, seriously.
0: Straight up, right? Like, I, I you, you didn't have to think about that I'm very sorry, long. I'm Are not... you sure you'd kill them?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm going to defend myself. I'm sorry. I'm like,
0: you don't want anybody to die, but if I, somebody's got to die yeah, and one of the options it's gonna is going to be someone you, else, it's, it's gonna not going to be that gonna, el- yeah, other yet. person. It's going to be that other motherfucker. The, the murderer is going to die. die 10 times out of 10.
1: I'm not going to just sit there and throw up my hands and say, Oh, yeah, don't hurt me. Or no, or no, call
0: no. a man to kill him for you like no. a spider. Like, you're just going to fucking take care of that whole market yourself. So that leads to our next question: uh, Did it capture your interest within the first twenty minutes?
1: Oh yeah.
0: You had two hot chicks drinking whiskey. Like it doesn't take a lot more than that. You also, and, have to but think no, about... it gets better from there. Yeah, like they it... sold. Like I was sold, but then they gave me a whole lot more to be oh, yeah. sold on. Yeah, they did. Do you think that the acting is good?
1: Oh yeah because the
0: acting was fucking amazing in this movie you gotta
1: think about it also too that this was actually a low budget
0: film i'm glad you brought that up because usually it's indie films that have the best acting and that is true even if you have heard of all of these actors and they're famous and you know who they are they're gonna go harder for an indie film because they know that they're expected to and they're gonna be evaluated and scrutinized more heavily but it's also true even if you've never heard of those actors before because if you're watching an indie film that actually got noticed they're gonna try their hardest because not only are they a bunch of indie nerds that care about like the art of acting and all that good stuff this is their first time really being exposed and getting some viewership so and having a really big audience so oh, yeah. this is their first big thing and of course they're gonna go hard for it
1: I mean the two sisters Priscilla and Mary Beth he beautifully w- acted oh yeah beautifully because usually when you have
0: I really uh, believe they were sisters
1: oh yeah because in major budget films usually the coast stars such as this would be would know each other so two f- w-
0: fucktards like that suck and they don't even seem like normal brothers and sisters like some
1: of them now don't forget a lot of with acting people run in the same circles so of course you're going to know who's who and all that with this it wasn't the case so. no I had, I had
0: never heard of any of these actors as i've watched stuff in the months after i watched this film i found myself recognizing oh hey that's enid and so stuff like that but i don't know that i she ever came across my radar is memorable in anything before even if I had seen her before because that's how good this piece of work was.
1: Exactly. So we have two completely people, different people acting as sisters which were perfectly played out. Perfectly played out. Because you have the one that is balanced work and then you have the one that is the younger one that is wild and
0: this was definitely written by someone that actually had siblings Siblings. because you can always tell when the person writing a story or a script was an only child because Mm -hmm. they say dumb shit like hi bro how are you doing today and he's like oh i'm good sis how are you doing today and you're just like I don't fucking talk to my siblings that way. Who the no, fuck wrote this? I, I this is ha- stupid.
1: I have two younger brothers. We Y'all never, don't talk, never talk like that.
0: Never. If you acknowledge each other at all, it's, it's like definitely not by a or a, a head title. nod. Is there anything that you like about the world in which this movie is set?
1: Well, it's a small town, so yeah, and yeah, there's the concept.
0: Then there's the location. It's yeah. in Maine. Like I've been to a lot of small towns in the south, and you can still sell me on. A small a town, town in the, in the South, South. Because I know how crazy the South is. I don't know anything about the Northeast like I intimately know about the South. But you had me at small towns and then you put it somewhere I haven't been before. Oh no, bro, I'm sold.
1: And not only that, but we also were shown this concept of small towns. That's the, a very
0: unique economy.
1: Especially in the beginning when we have one of Mary Beth's mom's friends tell her, oh yeah, we're sorry that you're losing the house and that you can't go to college. Meaning that they know what's going on before they really make it
0: else. Yeah, so they definitely establish that the writer knows how small towns really go and how the drama of that goes, and then they make it relatable because, again, I'm from the South, but This is a very common theme in the South. Like, hey, you're from a small town in the South and you're trying to get out of your hometown by education and dun-dun-dun, something happens that fucks that education up. That's very relatable. I would have bought it even if it was in my home setting. This made it even better because Mm -hmm. it's it's a theme I can relate to in a place I've never been. And that's why I watch movies, to have a window to the world and learn things about people I haven't met in places I haven't been. Exactly. Do you like the style in which this movie is made.
1: Yes, because in might- This movie
0: had some style. Like, a lot of the times, most of the time, we say, oh, yeah, it was fine, it was average, it was good, and as long as the person didn't suck at filmmaking, we give them a pass, but this movie actually had some style, style, in how it was done. Oh,
1: yeah, it made you feel like you were actually there in the town while this was all going on
0: yeah and like you just got off a fishing boat because there's this weird fishing music that's going on throughout it can you talk about that for a second danny uh
1: yeah the director or co-directors actually got a famous singer for the sea shanties that actually go on in here and the main concept of blow the man down is also a shanty that is sung throughout the movie as well
0: i will tell you straight up right now this is not a musical you will never ever 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 hear Mm -mm. me give reviews this good of anything that could even possibly or remotely be considered a musical
1: blow the man down is actually a terminology that sailors use when a what does
0: that mean exactly blow the man down
1: It's actually where a large gust of wind could possibly capsize your boat.
0: So if you've got some people that are working on a commercial fishing boat and they're just like setting the nets or pulling in the fish or setting up the stock that they just pulled in into the live well or whatever. And all of a sudden, somebody whose job it is to look out yells out, blow the man down. That means... Get ready, motherfucker. We might just capsize.
1: Exactly. Depending on the weight of the cargo and everything that you're holding. Oh, yeah. Someone could go over the edge. The boat could capsize. It's one of those things where...
0: Blow the man down means look out. Real shit is about to happen all of a sudden. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a great theme for this movie because that's exactly... What happens? Oh, you yeah. have a you have a college girl that goes out to a bar to have a drink after her mother's funeral, all perfectly normal, ordinary, unremarkable things by this point, and then next thing you know, she has to hide a dead body. Oh yeah. Blow the man down. Exactly. So the the Oh no shit.
1: So the lyrics and everything that are in these shanties do actually help progress the story along.
0: I hate musicals, and the music in this interested even me once I got around to that second viewing. So, next question, which is a big question we always ask, and it's usually no, but in this case, could I watch this movie with my family? Yeah. Yes, you actually can watch this movie with your family because the language isn't too rough and the violence isn't too intense and there are no sex scenes in it Mm -mm. whatsoever. And more importantly, the story is compelling enough and has a good enough, a moral enough of a person as their main hero protagonist for this story that even your parents will like this movie. If you don't think your parents want to watch this movie... Go ahead and tell them that you saw this great movie, but they probably want to just hear about it instead of watching it. And they'll be like, well, why is that? And then you can tell them about this movie and what happens and what goes on. And just tell them why they wouldn't want to watch it. Just tell them, well... You know, there's cussing, and there's drinking, and it's just these two girls, and then there's a murder, and then they try to cover up the murder instead of going to the cops. Not very right of them, but they go on from that, and as you tell them about this movie, I guarantee you that your parents, even if you think they're lame, they're probably gonna be like, well, wait a minute now, I'm a person, if someone tried to kill me personally i'd probably kill them back and that doesn't sound so unusual and are you sure i wouldn't like why- maybe I, mean... I should watch this movie you'd be surprised look I think this is the only one on the list that I absolutely 100% not only would say you can totally watch it with your family, but I actually did it. Like, I actually... Yeah, I was
1: about to ask. I was like, didn't you watch it at least twice
0: with your mom? Hell yes, I did. And the second time isn't because I wanted to watch it again. It's because she liked it that much. She's in her 60s, right? Yeah, she's in her 60s, and she doesn't like pointless negativity, like you really got to be doing something good, or at least entertaining with this story, you really got to have a point to this, or have somebody likable, she doesn't do violence, and she definitely doesn't do it for the sake of violence, she would hate a movie like Pulp Fiction. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So she. And but she, she came loved to this you. movie. This was the yeah. She came to me and was like, "Wow, that was great!" And you and we started talking about it, and we started sharing our ideas about it. And she was like, "And what, what happened here?" And she's like, "Oh, I just want to watch it again." And then we did watch it again. And it was great, and she said it was one of the best movies she had seen all year. And it was a really cool bonding moment because I felt the same damn way. I was like, yeah, no, this is, everyth- this is everything that I want in a movie, and then, like, 40% more. I really felt like I got a bonus.
1: And not only that, but I believe also the this movie actually got nominated for two awards and won one.
0: And unlike a lot of those indie movies that are out there just panning for an Oscar, Bro, this one deserved it. Oh, yeah. Here's a question, Danny. Is there a moral to this story? Several. There are several morals to this story. Um, Let me ask you if you can tell me what's two of the morals to this story to you.
1: Well, the main one is if something's too good to be true, it usually is.
0: Yeah. Because Like a guy with a free cigarette that actually wants to give you a free party, like...
1: Yeah, and probably the next one is if something happens such as self-defense, which this clearly was, go ahead and call the cops. In this scenario, it would have been a good idea, just a little
0: bit. That is true. She could have... technically avoided this whole story by just calling the police but then it wouldn't be a story then it wouldn't be a story but
1: yeah how do you give a shit
0: how do i give a shit you're asking what do i think the moral of the story is? oh yeah okay so i'll give you two The first moral to this story is actually something that was said when Mary Beth found out that she wasn't going to be able to go to college and this old friend of her mom was blessing her heart about it. When that was going on, at the reception after the funeral, what her mom's friend was basically saying or how I summarized it earlier on was to say family is the most important thing in life. That's what I understood her character to be saying and as we talked about that, that's just kind of a fucking basic ordinary thing. Default. Basic ordinary people fucking say because they don't like to think. But let me just tell you something. What makes this cool to me as a movie is that that dumb basic ordinary thing that that character says in so many words early on in this movie turns out to be the perfect characterization of moral number one that we observe from the actions of all these characters. Because what does Priscilla realize when she decides to hang up the phone as the police answer? She decides, if I may project so much, I don't care if my sister can. Committed righteous self-defense or first-degree murder she's my sister god damn it so there's no reason that I should be calling the cops when she hasn't involved the cops so I would say moral number one to this story is family Is the most important thing in life.
1: That I can get on
0: board with. They're the only people, if they're really your people, that are in all people that get the hashtag family that you're born into or have around or whatever. All family is not family. But when it comes to family, family is the second most important thing to life. And what did I say earlier? That freedom is the most important thing in life. So the freedom of your family member should be your first priority. That is the first moral to this story. The second moral... To this story because this movie is really about two things this movie is about how two good girls find themselves in the unfortunate position of having to do some gangster ass shit like dispose of a dead body moral number one Danny is family is the second most important thing in life freedom is the first most important thing in life and therefore it stands to reason that the freedom of your family member is the most important thing for you to work towards in your life should it ever be presented to you as work that needs to be done the second moral to this story is something we've talked about on a couple of other movie reviews which is repression breeds depravity one of the big things that this movie is about besides two college girls that have to get rid of a dead body is it's about a small town in maine that has an annual influx of degenerate horny men that sexually assault their women and what they do to deal with that fucking social problem and it's not only what they just you know the academics or the fucking social justice warriors or some kind of dumb asshole whose brain has fell out of their ear decides to do with it. This is about what regular conservative people decide to do with this very prevalent problem. This film takes place in a fishing village and in a fishing village you have tourism quote-unquote so to speak and what we really mean by that is a bunch of well-paid horny bastards that come in and try to force their way and push up on women. And the whole reason that Enid's profession exists, which Enid is the madam for a brothel, by the way. The whole reason that Enid ever went into business with their mom to start with is because these ladies, these conservative ladies in the town looked around and said, Hey, we gotta do something about all these salty riffraff coming in here and raping all of our women. We've got to fucking take care of that problem somehow to make this stop happening to innocent people just like how the war on drugs hurts people that have never done drugs the suppression of prostitution ends up hurting people that are not fucking prostitutes and so I said this to you many times as we were setting up for this movie and talking about how we wanted to talk about this movie this is a very libertarian story and the moral to this libertarian story is repression breeds depravity all of Mary Beth and Priscilla's mom's friends including Enid recognized that years before they were ever born and they didn't want Mary Beth Or Priscilla to be born into a world where they might be victims just because they were some kind of social commodity for sex. And so they set up a bed and breakfast where they could go blow a load before anyone ever had to blow the man down. Damn it, there's so much to this.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: So the morals to this story are freedom is the most important thing in life. Family is the second most important thing in life and repression breeds depravity. So as you navigate your way through a fucked up world, don't be afraid to bend the rules. Mm -hmm. These ladies bent the rules and they set up a brothel to keep the sexual assaults down. And guess what? It worked. One of the arguments that people who believe that prostitution should be illegal have is that if you have legal prostitution there will be more people frequenting prostitutes and because prostitution is bad and legal prostitution is worse because what they really think is that sex is bad and they think that the more sex people end up having the more problematic sex will exist in the world. They'll go to the brothel and they'll get all hyped up on sex and they'll go out and rape someone that's not even a sex worker. That's the argument that people who are against legalized sex work have for why people should be thrown in jail for selling something that is legal if they gave it away for free. Now, I would say even a third moral of this story is that societies are always going to organize around libertarian principles, whether libertarianism is popular or not, because it works. Every town in America where drugs are illegal, there's some person there that sells drugs. And every town in America where sex work is illegal, there's somebody there working in the sex field.
1: Well, with the sex field, escorts, high-end escorts. I mean, seriously, that that is a legal business. So what is...
0: The difference is, again, you know, when I was in the Middle East, I was asked one time by the people that I was... Uh, allegedly smoking hashish with, how is it that in America you can walk into a store and buy glassware that is perfectly suited for smoking hashish, even though hashish and marijuana is illegal? How is that even possible? Because in the Middle East, where I was, where hash was not just a little bit illegal, it was fucking a lot illegal, okay? So... It was amazing to them the fact that I could just go into a store and buy a bong whenever I wanted to. And they asked me, which is a very intelligent question, they said, how the fuck is it that you could go in and buy this thing to do that stuff when that stuff is actually illegal? And I just said that's because America runs on this very important, fundamental, deeply rooted concept that goes all the way back to the Constitution, and that concept is called bullshit. America runs on bullshit because the person selling all of those bongs and pipes, because they can technically say, we intended this for tobacco use only, they can sell it. It's legal. As long as they're not selling it with weed or hashish, technically, it's not a weed or hashish pipe. And legally, it's not until you've used it with one of those things so and
1: it's also the same with buying the seeds as long as they have it on there that says this is for a collective purpose or research purposes only
0: like i might have just wanted to find out what a hemp seed milkshake made with 437 dollars worth of northern lights feminized seeds tasted like oh yeah yeah that's why i can order them through the mail oh yeah We could get deeper into the real facts behind that, but let's not. So our next question is, did it give me context within the first five minutes? Like this movie gives you context within the first five seconds, like the first one minute for sure.
1: Oh yeah, because don't forget we, besides the opening scene with the flask, we also have the shanty being sung as well.
0: So this movie, did it have an ending or did it just quit?
1: Oh, it had an ending. It had a very, very good ending. ending
0: and a lot of movies that didn't make our list for this season set you up to believe that there's going to be a really profound ending because it's a really complex story and there's a lot of good stuff happening with it, but they end up being so postmodern and fuck all that they just have some kind of vague bullshit of an ending and then they say... Or they just quit. Or they just quit and then they consider that an ending and it's not and this movie doesn't do any of that. It is not a troll when this movie leads you to believe that hey, these people you care about with this stuff happening that you care about equally they have a resolve from this thing that's building mm-hmm. that we're taking you along on. oh yeah like you know how a roller coaster a really good roller coaster has one really good ass loop-de-loop or something before the end of that journey
1: i've never been on a roller coaster due to my fear of heights but yes i've seen it
0: do you remember when you used to ride with me and it was like a roller coaster oh
1: yeah i had fun on that yeah
0: Yeah, so this movie is like some of the drives that we've had together, which all took place at the speed limit and were never involved in any unsafe movements. This movie is like that. You know how we always arrived at a better destination than the one we started at? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this movie's like that. This movie has an ending, and it takes you somewhere satisfying. And we can't talk about it, of course, because we don't want to ruin it for you, but fucking, dude, check out this movie. It will not disappoint. It holds strong all the throughout
1: way. this is one of those ones where like we recommended for the last few i believe sit down and actually watch it yeah you can pause at least it once at least once and yeah you can pause and no, don't it don't if you don't go, don't go nowhere
0: because if you do you're gonna miss something yeah
1: if you do go pause it and go do what you need to do go ahead and do that
0: so is it believable or not i found this highly highly believable this could oh yeah
1: I mean, this could happen in any small town, Any in small anywhere. town in
0: the Midwest, in the South, in the North, in the West Coast, in the East Coast, in a country outside of the United States that didn't speak English. This shit happens. It's not often told because there's a lot of people out there with bodies on their belt that they don't want getting dug up and noticed by the fucking police. But, yeah... This could happen anywhere. This has happened before, and even though the inspiration for it was probably fictional, let me just tell you, this is somebody's real-life story from yesterday and a year before yesterday and 20 years before yesterday. This is some real shit, y'all. It's definitely, definitely believable. Danny, was there a good twist to this movie? There were several good twists, actually. It wasn't a movie that really relied on the twist no. because the story was so good and compelling the by twist, itself. That you- if
1: you actually stop and think about it, the twists were actually very subtle.
0: The twist is not the big sell in this. No, there's so many other things. It's the
1: storyline.
0: But there's still some things you don't see coming, and no, you're there like, isn't. "Oh my god, what the fuck?" And that's crazy. And yes, they definitely employ good twists to keep you on the edge. It's got some good sharp corners. Oh yeah, like the kind that you know I always take at a legal speed when totally. I'm totally driving like a responsible citizen. At
1: that is correct.
0: Most definitely. Yeah. So, does this movie teach anything believable about life?
1: Several different things. It teaches one of them being self-defense.
0: It teaches the fact that you can be doing something totally understandable and innocent and completely faultless of blame and still end up with a dead body on your hands just because you had a self-preservation instinct. Oh, yeah. It teaches the fact that even though you acted in self-defense, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to call the cops.
1: That is also true. Uh, And it also teaches that family will stick together through thick and thin, too, if something were to come up.
0: They will if they're really your family. Oh, I, yeah. I hope that's not when you find out who your friends are. But if they're really your family, they got your fucking back. Oh, yeah. Okay, so one that we often forget to bring up, but definitely not with this one. Would you buy or rent this movie, Danny?
1: Oh, this one would be sitting on my DVD shelf. This, this would be a
0: buy. If this movie was only available for rent, I would rent it or buy it once a month. Oh yeah, just to watch it. Oh yeah. If it was, I'm glad you can buy this movie because it would cost me way too much money to rent it every time I want to watch it.
1: Oh yeah. And I believe we watched it on
0: Amazon Prime so you can buy it or rent it there as well. This movie hit on all fucking cylinders. This movie was of our favorite genre. It had people that we cared about. It had a story that we cared about. The acting was amazing. We loved the world in which it was set. We can watch it with your family. It had amazing morals. It gave us context. A real ending it was believable it had a great twist it taught so much real shit about life that really there should be an episode two to this movie.
1: Oh yeah there should be a second.
0: Thank you for hanging with us on this one which was just a little bit longer than we expected it to be and we hope you enjoyed it. We really hope you enjoyed the movie most of all or did enjoy the movie if you enjoyed it more than we had time to talk about or you'd like to hear the many many things we had to say about it which we didn't take time for in this episode. Hit us up, shout us out, Amigas Movies, am 11 Movies at gmail.com. Holla back, y'all, and tune in next week when we talk about another crazy movie called Look Away. Bye. Peace.